Dave from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerd, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Darren! John! How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, it's been a week since I've gotten the first vaccine shot. Uh, I feel good. I feel fine. I feel strong. Uh, no side effects. Uh, I have not grown a tail. Uh, I have not howled at the moon. Um, I have not grown wings or horns. I uh, can't haven't shot any lasers out of my eyes yet. So um, I consider the first shot a total success so far. Oh, oh, you consider that a success? Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I thought you were hoping to be mutated into an X Man. Uh, I, I, you know what? I think like last week I said I, I kind of was a little bit, but now that I thought about it, I was like that might. Mm, I don't know if I want to do that because like if I have the mutant powers, then I would have to use them to fight crime, and that that sounds exhausting to me. Yeah, that yeah, no, that's no one has time for that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, oh, do I have to stop, uh, you know, crime lords and, you know, people robbing banks? Well, that's going to cut into my uh, SNL watching time and staring at my iPhone. Mm. And I mean, I, I mean, that's I don't No one wants that. I don't want that. No, no, that's that's your brand. Exactly. I got a I got a Instagram account to uh, maintain. I can't be I can't be golf saving the world. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah, you get it. I get it. I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. You're picking up what I'm putting down, right, Jack? Yep. Yep. <laughs> My mom ain't raised no dummy. I dug her rat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish we could do Airplane. Oh, I wish. I've been looking for an SNL connection to the movie Airplane for, for the longest, and I cannot find it. That's a shame. Damn it. Oh. That's a, that's a shame. What the what the hell is even the point of this podcast then? Exactly. What what are we doing here? What is this? I don't know. What is this baloney? What are we doing with ourselves? Is uh, there there was a bit of SNL news this week? Should we talk about that? Yes, we should. Oh boy, was there SNL news? I mean, holy this, moly! Yeah, we're we're recording this on Sunday, and the news broke. Was it was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Yesterday on on Saturday that. Uh, the next host when the show comes back is is going to be Elon Musk with musical guest Miley Cyrus. Wow. So Wow, wow, wow. That's uh that's a that's a thing that's happening. Yeah, uh I mean, look, when I first saw that, I mean, I literally thought it was like a joke. I thought yeah. it was like, oh, is this some gag account somebody's 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 having it off. Somebody's goofing around, you know, as you do. And then I started, I noticed, oh, wait, this is the official SNL account reporting this. Oh, wait, a lot of other outlets are reporting this. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. No. Oh, no. no. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. Just um, a weird out of nowhere choice. It really is. Like, I I mean, I, I, I hmm. Where do I start with this? Like, uh, I, I mean, there, there seems to be a lot of outrage about it on the Twitter sphere. Uh, there is, and, and I get of... that. I get where that's coming from, because um, you know he seems to be, from all available evidence, uh, not that great of a guy. Uh, yeah, like uh, wasn't too long ago that he was, you know, when when the uh, COVID hit and the lockdown started, he was 
tweeting out things. I mean, I don't think he was calling out, he wasn't calling out a full out hoax, but he was, he was disparaging it, you know, putting out the facts and retweeting uh, conspiracy theories about COVID and that really helping the situation. So a lot of, and no, he's also said and done a lot of other problematic things. I think there's a picture of him hanging out with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, which is, which is never good. Uh, No, Uh, no, that's, that's not a thing that you want out there. That's the opposite of good. That's bad. That that is bad. She she was a bad person. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are saying, "Oh, this is like we're, you're, this is SNL like humanizing a horrible person, just like they did with uh, our uh, ex president not too long ago." Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. I and I get that that you know, like I don't know too much about him. I just know what I hear and a few th- you know what I hear and, and what I've seen of him. Like I haven't seen yeah, him. Even yeah, yeah. He he honestly, it was never someone I've followed especially closely. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, like even as somebody like me who doesn't know much about him, I just know he's like a you know a rich billionaire who has a spaceship and he he smokes meth blunts with Joe Rogan or whatever. Like yeah, <laughs> just just going off of that, I'm still like, why? I don't. This makes. This makes no sense. Well, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, leaving aside all the stuff that makes him, by all apparent evidence, a bad person, it's just a weird, out of nowhere kind of choice. And it's always weird whenever they have a non actor or non performer host the show. Yeah, this just seems like a huge chunk of stunt casting to me. Like, it's somebody, and also, like, whenever they have somebody who's just like really wealthy and rich. The odds are they're just not good performers. Like, uh, I mean, of course, there's the Trump episodes. Mm-hmm. There is the time when they had Paris Hilton host the show. Yeah, that was. There was a, yeah uh, the uh, Steve Forbes episode. The Steve, Steve Forbes Ford. Rage Against the Machine episode, which we both independently said this is the most random host and musical guest pairing since the Steve Forbes Rage Against the Machine episode in the nineties. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, and th- I think this tops, it's either, it meets it or it tops it. I think this is just going to be one of those episodes where, like, after it's after it's uh, aired, like, years later, people are going to look back on it and be like, can you believe they had Elon Musk host the show? Like, what was that about? What uh, were you yeah, thinking? I, I feel like right now, probably the best we can hope for is a fascinating train wreck. Yeah, you know? I think, yeah, I would say so, because, I mean... Uh, I mean, I, I mean, like, I mean, this guy, Elon Musk, he doesn't have, he hasn't really, I mean, he has appeared in a movie. He, he has some acting chops. He was in uh, Iron Man 2. I believe we talked about. Uh, yeah, he has a cameo. In, and with what, like the two lines or something? I don't know. Yeah. So like, I mean, he's not an actor. He's not a singer. He's not a performer in any sense of the word. Uh, I mean, like. I mean, that's you know, not a good start. Right. Yeah. There. I mean, um, and, and like there have been people who aren't performers who have done well. There have been one, like like a pol- like politicians. Like there have been yeah. a few that have done okay, but I mean, I don't know. Like why? I mean, to quote the you know Lauren Michaels, why now? <laughs> like who is this for? Like who is this? Who like what audience are they trying to appeal to? Yeah, like from what I'm know. seeing on Twitter, like everybody is like thumbs down on this across the board. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I realize like Twitter is not the entire world, but yeah, it does not seem to be going over well in the Twitter sphere. Yeah, it seems like the people who are 
okay with this are kind of like maybe uh, edge lord trolley dudes that just like to like start shit. You know, it, 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 this doesn't. I mean, look, it is possible that he could be good at sketch comedy and he could be apt and capable. I mean, anything's possible, but is it likely? No, uh... <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to edge my bets and say no. Yeah, he's probably yeah. not going to be good. And I, I'll stand by uh, it, the best we can afford is a fascinating train wreck. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm like I like I don't know, like I'm I know I'm always trying to be like positive and say, hey, let's give the guy a chance. It's like this is a very different type of casting. And maybe that was the point of putting him in just to like shake things up. I know yeah. on this podcast we've said that SNL needs to shake things up. I mean, this is this is this is not what we meant when we said that. No, I like, mean, uh, hey, I'm all for new people hosting the show, but I mean, there are so many great performers who I I feel like would kill it as SNL hosts. Um, I mean, like Rachel Bloom would be an incredible SNL host. Yeah, Terry Crews would be an incredible SNL host. Yeah, um, he would be. I mean, there there are other people, but yeah. I mean, you know, the, those two. Let's start with those two. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's start there and and build. But yeah, yeah. Well, honestly, both of those choices are amazing. People have said that Miley Cyrus should just pull double duty and host and do the musical guest. I'm okay uh, yeah, with that. I mean, I'm not real nuts about Miley Cyrus as a general rule. The last thing she did on the show, I thought, was just horrible. Ooh. Um, it was, it was during one of the, uh, at SNL at home shows and I, I thought oh. it was awful, but oh, yeah, she did the, uh, the Pink Floyd song, right? Yeah. Yeah. She did wish you were here. Um, and I mean, but you know, she, she's just not my thing personally. I, I, I can see why she's popular and, and all that, but I mean, her hosting and being the musical guest, that would make more sense than this. Yeah. Like she was in that, uh, Black Mirror episode and she's performed, you know, she was Hannah Montana. So she has. A history and a background of performing and acting. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, this Elon Musk thing. I don't, I don't know. I got a bad feeling about it, boss. I just told, yeah. This is bad idea, jeans. Like I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think. When am I gonna get back to Haiti? Uh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I don't know. I just, I want to believe this is somehow gonna be good, but uh, as of right now, I just, I don't think. I think we're going to be in for one of those kind of shows, like I said before, where we get through it, it's okay or not. And you'll be like, well, good. that was a thing that happened. Um, and let's never talk about it again. Yeah. You 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 want to be optimistic. You want to hope. But uh, as as the show we're covering today so aptly points out, it's, it's the hope that kills you. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we should also mention, like, real quick, uh, this is the last about the Elon Musk. Like, uh, people have said... People like I think I've heard p- tweets of people saying like even like cast members and mm, yeah uh, you know writers are kind of iffy on the show and um, the only one that I've seen that's been kind of a little vocal about it is uh, Bowen Yang like if you follow him on Instagram you can uh, check out his um, his uh, Instagram stories and he uh, when the news broke that uh, Elon Musk was hosting if you check his Instagram stories. He put up a uh, frowny face emoji, and that's it. And then Elon Musk tweeted out something like, uh, well, now let's see how live Saturday Night Live really is. Devil emoji. And then um, Bowen's screen grab. Uh, that's not funny. 
Yeah, like I don't. So I mean, that, 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 right there, that doesn't give me hope. That doesn't give me like, faith that. Yeah, is he going to be like edgy and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, was that too much for you?" Like, I don't know. Part of me thinks that Elon Musk is like maybe funnier. He thinks he's funnier than he actually is. He has like, to. He, I mean, like, there's there's no way he couldn't think he's funnier than he actually is because when you're a billionaire, people laugh at your jokes. Yeah, like all these people at my yacht party laughed at everything I said. Yeah, I, it must be funny. Like I like part of me thinks he looks in the mirror and he sees Tony Stark. Like he that he yeah. thinks that's him. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So like he tweeted that out saying, "Let's see how live Santa Live really is." Bowen Yang uh, screen grabbed that, put it on his Instagram stories, and above it says, "What the fuck does that even mean?" Yeah. So Bowen is uh, not on board with this. Um, again, could this yeah. be a good show? It could be. Anything's possible. Is it likely that'll happen? It'll happen. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's got to be tough for the people who are working on the show when they get someone heinous to host. Yeah, because like, uh, then you know you're on the spot, and then it's like you have to work with this person, and you have to try and make this person look as good as possible. But it's hard not to to for it to appear as some sort of endorsement of the person, you know? Yeah, no, that's I mean that that happens. Like sometimes you'll. Uh, sometimes you'll, a host will be somebody who you've always looked up to, who who you've always wanted to work with in sketches. Yeah. Other times it'll be, you know, Trump or Forbes or some horrible person like Seagal, like somebody somebody yeah. just yeah. Hate, whose guts you totally hate, and you got to make it work. It's your job. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that is their job, and that's you know, I, I guess those are the weeks they they really earn their paychecks. But indeed. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll Hearts out any... to you, SNL cast and crew. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, know we'll you'll try if... to make the best of it. Yes, exactly. We know your hearts are in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your cat. Yeah. So we'll, uh, I don't know. We, we will keep you updated here on SNL nerds. And uh, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Uh, uh, yeah, enough about that. Enough about that. We've we've, yeah, we've so been about that. that long enough. Yeah. So let's talk about something more upbeat, like more happy. Yeah. Let's talk about the uh, soccer in London and what have you. And Jason Sudeikis. And Sudeikis, Sudeikis always puts a smile on your face, right? Exactly. I mean, he's, uh, so we're we are of course talking about uh, Jason Sudeikis' show on Apple TV, Ted Lasso. Which uh, uh, yeah. premiered uh, last year, right? Yes, last year in August during the uh, in the midst of the uh, pandemic. Yeah, yeah, Which and is, it's uh, uh, a good show. Ten episode uh, first season. It's been renewed for both a second and a third season. The second season is going to be premiering on July twenty third of this year. So we figured it was a good time to uh, just dive in and cover the first season. Yeah, uh, this is a show I kind of watched. Uh, I didn't watch it when it came out. I think I waited a couple of months. I didn't have Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I just heard and through word of mouth how great this show was and how positive it was. I think it was a show when I originally saw it, I was like, all right, that might be interesting. I like Sudeikis, but I was yeah. still like, I don't know if I want to sign up to yet another streaming service to see this, mm-hmm. but it looked all right. But then I just saw so many people on my timeline saying this is a really good show. People need to know about it. Right. So and it's, like, it's like right. a good show for this moment in time because it, it is very hopeful. It's very optimistic. And, yeah, yeah. and like one of the executive producers on the show is, is Bill Lawrence, who you probably know from scrubs 
and Cougar Town and Spin City and a lot of shows like that. And he's he's good about he's good at making shows about good people trying to do their best. Right. And uh, yeah, and that's basically the heart of this show. Like, um, I mean, the, the show is set in the world of uh, soccer or football. Mm-hmm. As some as you may as some you may know, and uh, even if you don't know anything about football, you'll still, I think, will like the show because I mean, ultimately, the show isn't about football or soccer. No, uh, but if you know more about it, you'll probably appreciate it on another level that you know I don't because I don't follow any sports. But yeah. uh, I mean, at its heart, this show is about you know people and relationships and like everything you said, just you know kindness and empathy and heart. The show has a lot of heart. Yeah, and that's yeah, and like uh, you know. Of course, something and a show like this during the pandemic, where you know it's just a lot of negativity out there, just a lot of evil shit, and just a lot of just you know stuff bringing you down. A show like this really does shine, and like will will put a little warmth in your heart. Yeah, as it did mine. Thank you. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it it really is about. I mean, uh, Ted Lasso, the character of Ted Lasso. This show has an interesting genesis because it, it, it started out as a series of promos on NBC Sports when they got the rights to the the Premier League of, uh, of UK soccer. Right, right. So they wanted to, uh, basically from what I've heard, uh, you know, NBC Sports, they wanted to figure out, well, how can we advertise this and get American fans to watch this uh, soccer, uh, get these, these soccer matches? Because, uh, you know, famously... America really doesn't care about soccer. No, it's huge everywhere else in the world, but uh, it's it's just never really uh, gotten, uh, <laughs> forgive the possible pun, a toehold here in America, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's basically like the Russell Peters of uh, sports. Okay. You, you know Russell Peters, right? The, the dude who's like big everywhere except the U.S., really? Vaguely. I mean... Oh. That joke would have hit harder if you knew who Russell Peters were. Yeah, I know the name. Okay, but uh, but yeah, so basically, uh, NBC reached out to Sudeikis about wanting to do some ads for, um, you know, NBC Sports for this uh, pr- to promote this Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they they from what I've heard in uh, interviews with Sudeikis, they originally wanted it to be like more of an American coach type of thing, like you know, like the stereotypical screamy screamy coach. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I went back and I watched some of those NBC Sports uh, promo clips, and you can see a little more of, like, sort of a Mike Ditka type of character. Yes, yes. In, in the original Ted Lasso. There, there's more of an edge to him. Yes, that, that's exactly what they wanted. But then I think between that and, and there, like, Sudeikis kind of wanted to take the character in a bit more of a different direction. Mm-hmm. So uh, he called in two friends of his, uh, Brendan Hunt yes. and uh, Joe Keeley. Oh, no, Joe Kelly. I'm sorry, my mistake. Uh, Brendan Hunt, he knew from uh, Boom Chicago, where they met in um, in uh, Amsterdam, I believe. Which is yeah, a- yeah, I, I, I saw this. I saw Brendan Hunt. He was uh, guesting with uh, uh, Seth Meyers, and he was talking about this. And apparently Brendan Hunt became a huge soccer fan when they were overseas in Amsterdam. Right. So they, they, they were part of this comedy and improv troupe uh, boom chicago where uh seth myers was there too they were working together and also uh jordan peele was also in boom chicago as well wow so yeah yeah so uh so brendan and jason became good friends there so they, they stayed in touch and uh, i believe joe kelly was uh also a writer on snl and uh, so 
he called the two of them to sort of create and help sort of mold this character of Ted Lasso for the uh, NBC Sports ads. Yeah, and, and in the NBC Sports ads, uh, it's more about kind of the culture clash between them because it's uh, Ted Lasso. He he is an American football coach, and he goes over to the UK to coach uh, a UK football team, which we know as soccer here in the US. And he, of course, being a typical Amer- boorish American, knows nothing about soccer. Right, of course, and and, uh, and, and comedy ensues. Yes. Fish out of water. Yeah, and and the show has that. That's like the starting point of the show, but the show develops beyond that. Yes, exactly. I mean, we'll get into that later, but yeah, like that's that is that is true. Uh, so they they create this Ted Lasso character for the NBC Sports. Uh, the spots do really well, uh, so well that they bring him back for like you know the return of Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. and um, just it starts to go viral a little bit, and it has a little bit of staying power, and um. So and then I think somewhere I think after they made the the second or third ad, um, Jason Sudeikis, uh, you know, spouse at the time, Olivia Wilde, said, "Oh, this should be a show. You should make like a show out of this." Yeah, this this character. is a character you could develop into a series or a movie or something. Right. And uh, and, and uh, Jason Sudeikis was saying, I, I saw an interview with Conan O'Brien where he was talking about this, and he was saying, "Yeah." And over the course of that dinner. I was like, well, why is this guy so upbeat? Well, maybe he's going through something and he's like really kind of hanging on desperately and he's trying to be very optimistic. So then he, he gets that backstory of he's, he's in kind of a trying marriage and, uh, and that plays into the first season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so then he developed the character more in this backstory with uh, Brendan Hunt and Joe mm-hmm. Kelly. And uh, so then they had like kind of a finished, uh, you know, idea for, the TV shows Ted Lasso, and then I, I think they said like it kind of sat around for a while, and then uh, Bill Lawrence was looking to do a uh, another TV show. He reached out to Sudeikis, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I have this idea for this Ted Lasso character. Could that be anything?" Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it was something, and then it kind of snowballed and rolled into uh, the uh, Apple Plus TV shows Ted Lasso. Yeah, and you know it's it, it's good stuff. It's. Uh... You know, it's a it's a pretty quick watch. It's uh, ten episodes. They're all about a half hour apiece, so you can you can blow through it fairly quickly. And uh, it's a, it's a good show. He's um, he he's hired kind of out of the blue. He like the Ted Lasso character. He's he went viral for like this really enthusiastic uh, touchdown dance when his his U.S. football team won, and right. we find this out in like the first scene of the show. Yeah, right. So basically, uh, in the first episode, we see that Ted Lasso he is the um, he's a coach of like a Division two team in uh, Kansas, and he was able to take the team to the first ever ever national title. So like he has some success as a football coach, but it's very kind of low level. Mm-hmm. He's not like a he's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but based on that, this team um, in London, uh, the AFC Richmond, which is a fictional team, which I yeah. found out. Um, its new owner, Rebecca Welton, played by Hannah Waddingham. Love uh, that wants... name. Yeah. That's uh, a wonderfully Hannah... British name. Hannah Waddingham. Hannah Waddingham. Uh, it's, it's right we up need there more with people Benedict... named Waddingham in this country. It's a great last. It's right up there with Benedict Cumberbatch. It really like, is. You hear that name, that's that's a British name, no matter, that, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I looked into Hannah Waddingham, like, and she's actually done a good amount of stuff, too, because, uh, I mean, we'll probably 
we'll get into it, but like later on, there's that karaoke scene mm-hmm. where she sings, and like she sang really well. That made me think: Does she have a background in like musical theater and whatnot? And uh, sure enough, she does. She comes from the West End Musical Theater, where she was in the original London production of Spamalot. Oh wow! Uh, she yeah. I'm she assuming was, uh, playing the lady in the lake because that's really the only female part in Spamalot. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she was uh, in uh, The Wizard of Oz as the Wicked Witch of the West, and she was uh, in Into the Woods. Um, I think she was also in uh, on that TV show uh, Krypton that was on Sci-Fi for a while. Oh, okay, bit. okay. And um, but I think most people might recognize her as her role as Septa Unella in Game of Thrones. And uh, yeah, apparently she was the shame shame lady on Game of Thrones. Right, exactly. If you, even if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, which I haven't. You would still recognize her though from a from that gif, mm-hmm. <laughs> that gif uh, that gets shared around of the uh, the nun ringing the bell through the uh, streets of the town, shaming somebody, saying shame, shame, shame. Uh, that's that's Hannah Waddingham. Yep, she's the she's a shame nun, and and she is terrific on this show. I mean, her incredible actor. This one, yeah, um, she won a Critics' Choice Award for it. It well deserved, well deserved. I think I, I think she needs all the nominations for all the things. Yeah, no, she's she's great in it. She's, she's like, she was one of my favorite characters on the show. No, she's a solid uh, she's a solid actor and a solid character. So and, uh, and, and we find out like over the course in in like I think the early episodes. I don't remember what exactly what episode it was, but we find out that she has like an ulterior motive for bringing uh, Ted Lasso over to England. And right, there's a lot reason of, why she there's she made such an offbeat choice. Right, I mean, I guess we could spoil it, right? Because it's in the first episode. Yeah, yeah, I think we can spoil that. All right, but yeah, because like, so basically, everybody's wondering why choose Ted Lasso, uh, because like you know he they offer him the job of being the uh, manager of AFC Richmond. Uh, it's a team that's not that great. They're kind of on the downslide. They haven't had a big win in decades and years. Yeah. So he she hires him, Ted Lasso, to sort of turn the team around. Uh, despite the fact that he has never been to London and literally knows nothing about soccer. He doesn't know the rules. He doesn't know how it's played. Right. He doesn't know that it's called uh, training instead of practice. He he knows as much as most Americans do about football yeah. or, or soccer. Yes. Uh, so, basic, so, yeah, I mean, it's not too big a secret, but we do learn in the first, um, I guess, 15 minutes of the show that he hired – him for a reason because uh rebecca got to be the owner of the team through this really terrible divorce her Mm -hmm. husband rupert played by uh, anthony head who was giles in buffy the vampire slayer um was you know sleeping around on her and then they got divorced and he was going off with these younger women and she wanted to get she wanted to be the owner of the team in the divorce so she got the team Right, because she she wants to. Th- this was the thing that he loved more than anything, and so she decides I am going to destroy this thing that he loves, and I'm going to just sink this team to the bottom. I'm going to hire this coach who has no idea what he's doing, and we're going to lose all the games, and it's it's really going to kill my ex husband. Yes, cunning plan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've I've heard a few people say, "Oh, this sounds kind of like the plot to Major League," mm-hmm. which I guess it kind of does a little bit. Like I haven't seen Major League in forever. I just remember, yeah, uh, Wild Thing and staying up late to watch it when I was like a kid because I thought it's mm-hmm. moves. But like, uh, but yeah, there, there's a bit of a Major League vibe to it. Yeah, and I mean, 
this show, I mean, from what I remember in Major League, the the owner of the team, she was just kind of the nemesis throughout uh, the movie. But here you find out a lot about where Rebecca Welton is coming from and what what she's about and what her wants are and desires are. And so she she's a much more fleshed out character. She's a, a three dimensional character. Yeah, I think that's the that's another thing I really love about this show is that it it does a good job at like subverting your expectations mm-hmm. because you see um, Rebecca Welton at first glance and you think, Oh, she's going to be like the hard edge, cold as ice, no nonsense uh, boss lady. Right. And throughout the show you learn, Oh wait, no, she actually has, she is a little bit of that, but she also has like a softer side and she's actually really nice. And she does. Yeah, and, and she has reasons to be the way she is. Exactly. She's, or, she's gotten a raw deal in many ways. Yeah, or um, like another character, like um, another character is Nathan, who plays the kit man, who's kind of like the, he's like kind of, I guess, the cleanup guy, the assistant in the team. Mm-hmm. Like he, when you first see him, he's like kind of meek and he's always apologizing and he's very like soft-spoken and he gets, you know, afraid of around the other big, big burly players. And you think, oh, okay, that's like the, the weakling of the show. I get it. But then yeah. as the show goes on, you learn like, oh, wait, no, he actually knows a lot about the sport. And right. Exactly. I mean, he knows more than either of the two coaches at the at the beginning of the season. Right. Exactly. So, like, I do like how, like, once you're introduced to a character, you think, oh, all right, this character is the, uh, you know, the so-and-so of the show. Like, you know, that's the typical uh, stereotype of the show. Like, oh, that's the dumb one. That's the, the hot one. But mm-hmm. then as the show goes on, you you see more dimensions to them. Like, I, I really enjoy that. Like, yeah, um, yeah. And, like, and, uh, and there are there are some players who are who are uh, sort of problematic. There's there's a character, uh, Roy Kent, who's played by uh, Brett Goldstein, who is uh, this guy who is like the star player years and years ago, but he's getting a little over the hill, so he's kind of past his prime, and he's having a tough time dealing with that. And then you have the, like the new young hotshot Jamie Tart, who's played by uh, Phil Dunster, who's who's the up and comer guy. But he's not really a team player. He's he's like a showboat, and he wants to do everything himself. And and exactly. those two guys clash big time. Right. Uh, so also about the um, the character Roy Kent, he's played by Brett Goldstein. Something I just found out this morning. Uh, he's also a writer on the show and mm-hmm. the executive story editor on the show. So to have him like as a actor in the show, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, also the character of Roy Kent is based on an Irish footballer named Roy Keane yes. who played in the Premier League from 92 to 06 and was famous for his like you know crazy temper and aggression both on and off the field yes yes and uh, let's see I think th- there's another major character is uh, Keely Jones is played by Juno Temple who's the girlfriend of uh, Jamie the uh, young hotshot player and she is, she is a model she's like a, a page three girl and again, that would be, it would be very easy to just have her be like just the bimbo or just the girlfriend, but she's, she's got a lot more going on than that. Yeah. Like, I think there's one point where, um, she talks to, uh, Rebecca at one point saying, Oh, what, you know, what are you famous for? And then she says, I'm famous for almost being famous. Like mm. she's aware of like her, you know, her status in the world. Which right. Thought, she's oh, she's smarter than she, she needs to be <laughs> both right. as a person and as a character, I suppose. Yeah, and I I would also say the same thing about uh, Ted Lasso too, because like when he 
come when you first see him on the uh, on the show and he 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 introduces himself to other players he's like um he's very very friendly very outgoing he has that southern accent yeah you know he he literally says howdy when he meets people for the first time it's like hey howdy y'all like mm-hmm. so at, at the first time we at our first meeting him you think oh he's like the country bumpkin he it's going to be like a fish out of water story it's going to be like a you know King Ralph or something like where he's yeah, and there is some of that, but it doesn't it doesn't go all in on that. Yeah, like he's like you like I think he because like uh, they do the thing where you think he's going to be one way, but then you you realize there's more to him than that. Like he's aware of how he comes off. He knows people think of him as like some some dope, some you know simple some simple hillbilly because he's positive and Uh he's like outgoing. And he has a southern accent. He knows. Oh, I know how people perceive me, but like I'm not gonna let that get me down. I'm still gonna be who I am. Like there's, like I I thought that was a really interesting touch too. But like him, because like like I said before, like usually in uh, sitcoms, people fall into these archetypes. You know, like oh, that's the dumb one. That's the snarky one. Mm-hmm. And like you know when like uh, when somebody's like a the dumb one in sitcoms, like you know. Who's a dumb one in the sitcom? Like you know, Joey on Friends, or maybe mm-hmm. Andy Dwyer on, you know, Parks and Rec. They're all they're always kind of oblivious to how they how people perceive them. But Ted's not. He's like, yeah, I know how you think of me. I'm 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 not as dumb as you think I am. Yeah, and I he's he cool. actually. I mean, he's dumber in the original shorts, like because he's like there, there's a thing where they they uh, hit the ball over the goal. And Ted's like, hey, touchdown, because he's still thinking of American football. And they're like, oh, right. no, Ted, it has to go into the net. And uh, Sudeika said when they were developing the TV show, they were like, okay, well, he's seen Sports Center. He has to know at least that much. And so by force, the characters to be smarter. I mean, the show as a whole becomes smarter, you know? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I enjoy that because, uh, like we said, like in the beginning, there there are things where, oh, he's a fish out of water. Like, mm-hmm. um, he, he doesn't like tea at all. He likes coffee. Right. Like, I think at one point he tried the tea and was like, oh, you know, I always thought tea would taste like, you know, just hot brown water. You know what? I was right. I do not like <laughs> yeah. He does not, he does not like tea. And that, that is something that just kind of carries through throughout the season. He, he tries tea a couple of times more in the final episode and he's like, yep, nope, that's still horrible. <laughs> yeah. I but mean, even the way he, he does that is just very good natured. He's just yeah. like, you know. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, he's not being like malicious about it. He's like, no, no, thank you. I don't like yeah. tea. And you know, tea is fun. I've had tea. Tea is fine. I enjoy uh, some tea. I like tea more than coffee, actually. Ooh, controversial. I know. I'm, oh, wow. um, I'm afraid to put wait. it out there. <laughs> I'm not afraid to stand on the side of big tea. That's right. Uh, and, and there's other things he does, like um, when somebody gets him a glass of water, it's you forget that over in the UK they give you fizzy water. It's not like straight tap water. It's like uh, yeah. carbonated, which is something I always forget too. Um, you know, he doesn't know about like uh, you know instead of quarters they play two halves when you play soccer or and like sometimes soccer games end in ties. He didn't know. Yeah, that. he's like, totally oh. unaware of that. He's like, oh, we're gonna be out there, win or lose, and then people are like, or tie. He's like, there's tying too. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, y'all do ties here. That's right. That is so uh, weird. <laughs> yeah. So, like, there is a lot of fish out of water stuff thinking, oh, he's just some dopey rube who doesn't know anything. But, I, like like you said, I do like how they fleshed out this character and made more 
to him. Like another another scene that I really love that's in the first episode. So this isn't really spoiling it. I don't think. Um, once he gets to his new digs, his new his his flat, as mm-hmm. they say, um, he calls his uh, he calls his wife and kid because um, you know he th- that's when we realize oh wait he's he's a married man with a child. Mm-hmm. So he talk you see we see him talk to his son and like he loves his son and they have a great a great uh, conversation. Then he you know the son puts uh, his mom on the phone you know uh, Ted's wife and then like the tone shifts mm-hmm. and then we realize yeah. oh they're going through a troubling time they're not. Kind of on the outs, and but like the way Sudeik has played it, that that was really interesting too. Like he's, I don't know. Like I, I mean, I've always enjoyed Sudeikis. I've always thought, he, like, oh, he's good in comedy and stuff. But like yeah. in this scene and this series, like he does some really some serious good acting. Like he's like, he oh, does. this dude's like, he does. He got some chops here. He he. There are some dramatic moments that he really really hits and. One of the episodes that I watched this morning, because I finished up the show for the first time uh, this morning, so I, I was watching. I watched most of the back half of the show today. Um, there's a scene uh, towards the end of one of the episodes, and I don't think it's a big spoiler if I say this, where the character of Ted Lasso has a panic attack, uh, where he's just because basically he's been holding too much in for too long, and that really struck me because. A panic attack is a really tough thing to dramatize because it's such an yeah. internal thing. Uh, but they really got it, and they got that feel of you don't know what is going on, and it's just ah. And I was really impressed by that. Yeah, like I mean, it 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 would been it would have been easy for them to just sort of paint him as this like kind of one note surface level you know, Will Rogers, Mr. Rogers type of character mm-hmm. who's always upbeat and happy all the time and just, you know, always like, hey, yeah, howdy, y'all. But, yeah. like, the fact that they're kind of giving him layers as to, like, sort of sort of, sort of, of peeling back the facade and seeing what's underneath all that, yeah. like, what he's really going through is, like, I, I thought that was, like, a really interesting choice. It like, adds wow, so okay. much to the character. It adds so much to the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, like, I... So yeah, like uh, I mean, I would say, kind of in the same way that like Barry showed how much Bill Hader can do as an actor and how he can really like do things that maybe we never saw him do on SNL, like how he's he really can can stretch. I would say Ted Lasso shows how much Sue Dacus can do and how much he can really kind of yeah. stretch his wings. And, and he actually won a Golden Globe. Uh just recently for like best lead actor in a, in a comedy series and uh, well-deserved, I think. I mean, he did an yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah. amazing job. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we put out the video of that on our Twitter account at, at SNL nerds show. So go check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this, this show is pretty well received. Like it's, yeah, he won the golden globe. He won uh, critics choice awards. They've won his uh, SAG uh, AFI award. I think it won for best new show F- AFI. And uh, WGA, the Writers Guild, uh, gave it some awards as well. So um, yeah, I'm glad this, uh, this... I'm glad it's getting recognized. I'm glad it's getting the appreciation that it deserves. Um, you know, I watched the first episode and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is pretty good. I'm I'm enjoying this. This is all right." And by the second episode, I was like, "Yeah, I'm all in. You've you've got me. You hooked me in." Uh, so it, it hooks you in pretty quickly, I think. Right. I mean, well, for you, what what do you think was it that hooked you in? Like, what was this? Like, oh, all right, I need to watch more of this. Uh, well, I mean, the the main thing I remember on on the second episode, the the, the subplot with the biscuits, and the second episode is also called Biscuits, right? Um, uh, directed by Jersey's own Zach Braff. Zach Braff, who of course uh, lead actor from Scrubs, and so he 
goes way back with Bill Lawrence. Apparently, he just happened to be in England uh, at the right time, and so that they they let him uh, direct the second episode. And you know, Zach Braff have, of course has a directing career as well as an acting career. So, and he did a really nice job with with that episode. Um. So yeah, I mean, I th- I think you know the the second episode it's it's still setting up a lot of the show. Um, right. And uh, that's, you're still getting a feel for the the characters, but uh, but it really it really wins you over the, the same way that Ted Lasso does as a character on the show because he's he's just such a a guileless kind of guy. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body. It seems you know. Right. Yeah, I think that's a thing that uh, hooked a lot of people into this. Just like the themes of just kindness and empathy throughout the whole thing. Um, there's at one point, um, there's a, uh, a news reporter who, mm-hmm. who's like spends the day with him. Uh, Trent, Trent Krim, Krim. The Trent Independent. Krim. Again, another, that's super British name. Yeah. Um, and like he kind of comes in not wanting, not wanting to cut Ted Lasso some slack because he, you know, because like he knows how much his team means to everybody and the fact that it's being handed over to this American who knows nothing about soccer is uh, abhorrent to him. Right. But like by the end of the, ep- by the end of the episode, he. Uh, Ted Lasso's won him over because you see he's really a person who cares about people and cares about, uh, you know, wanting wanting the best for people and wanting to give. And and, and he cares more about like the team getting along and functioning well than if they're winning or or losing all their matches. So he's he's unusual in that regard. Right. I mean, well, that's something they also address in another episode towards the end yeah where they're they're getting close to uh, relegation which is uh, a british thing i did not know until this show yeah uh, i had no idea what relegation was i'd never heard of it before um so i actually had to stop the episode and google what is relegation because they didn't really explain it until late in the series yeah i didn't know what it was i thought they would i don't know what did it say relegation is because i thought it was like a thing where like maybe the the team would just like be disbanded or something. Well, uh, apparently if, if you're at the bottom three at the end of the season, you are relegated into a different division. Oh, so, so they, they mix it up. And so that apparently adds more suspense, uh, later in the season. So, so, um, if like, you know, the, the, the team, uh, um, AF, uh, yeah, what were the initials? Uh, AF, AFC, AFC Richmond. Like uh, towards the end of the the season, they are they're like just right on the cusp of getting regulated. So if it goes their way, they're going to stay in the Premier League. Uh, if not, they're essentially like downgraded to the Championship League. Oh, so like it, it'd be like a major league team going down to the minors. I think something equivalent to that. Yes. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, right. yeah, and that's that's. I mean, it's a standard thing over there. It's we don't really have an equivalent over here, but okay. Yeah, that was the one thing that kind of threw me. I was like, so like a, you know, at the end when they were fighting to stay out of relegation, I was like, oh, does this mean like they're over? Like, they, like everybody just yeah, has to go yeah. home? No, I mean it doesn't mean that the team is going away. It just means that they're they're in a different division so that their Mm. circumstances have changed. And I guess, you know, their record is not as good as it was. Interesting. And I was just like, wow, I didn't even know that that was a thing, but what do you know? The show educates and informs. Correct. Right. Wait, no, those two things are the same. 
I meant to say <laughs> it entertains and educates. Well, th- that too, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to the so back to the team. So or back to the show. Um, what else did we talk about? I guess we could talk about the players. Um, I, yeah. I like how this is like a very multicultural team. There's a yeah. one player, uh, Sam Obisanya from Nigeria, you know, mm-hmm. which, which my my wife likes. Uh, there's another player from Wales. Uh, there's Danny Rojas from Mexico, who they got in here, and and another just so cheerful and so enthusiastic. You you just can't help but love the guy. Football is life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he comes in about a little, about a third of the way into the into the show, and you're just like, oh, he's so he's so sweet. He's such a sweetheart. I mean, there are th- just the sheer number of sweet characters on the show. It's just really nice. Yeah, I mean, there's him. There, uh, there's a there's a player from uh, Montreal. They got uh, Zorro. Zorro. Mm-hmm. There's just uh, you know, and of course, like we said, uh, Nathan, who plays like the sweet the, the kit man, who's just mm-hmm. like. Has a lot of heart. Um, yeah. The, oh, we never we haven't mentioned um, what was it? Uh, Rebecca's assistant Higgins. Who, yes. Again, like he kind you he kind of comes in and you think he's like oh the the put upon uh, lackey. Yeah, I mean you think he's going to be kind of like Ted on Scrubs, where the joke was basically, you know, how much he's abused, or or like Smithers on The Simpsons. Uh, you, yeah, you think exactly. it's going to be that sort of character. But there's there's more to him than than that, and and he gets more development later on. Right, he's the director of football operations. Mm. But yeah, like you said, like you think he's going to be like the lackey, like the Smithers. But then as the show goes on, you see, oh wait, no, there's more to him. Yeah. Again, this this show does a really good job of like knowing what you think each character is going to be and do, just because you've seen enough sitcoms. Yeah. And like you know the, uh, you know the archetype. I guess is that the right word. Yeah, I mean all the characters they defy your expectations in certain ways, and and there are some relationships that develop among the characters that you don't expect. Um, the the Keely, the the girlfriend of one of the players, and Rebecca, they end up forming this unlikely friendship, and that's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I didn't see that coming at all. I just thought, yeah. like, oh, okay, so now they're they're buddies. And yeah, yeah. They, they start Keeley off as, um, like you said, like kind of like the, the, it would be easy to write her off as like the bimbo type of uh, character. Like she's like an Instagram model sort of who like, right. you know. I, almost... I think they say she's a page three girl. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but then she. Which, which if up... you, if you, if our American listeners don't know what a page three girl is, I don't think they still do this in the UK, but they would have a thing in all the UK papers where they would have a picture of a topless woman on, on page oh. three of the paper. Really? Yeah, there's just boobs in the newspaper like that. Yeah, yeah, it was just like a, this this culturally accepted thing. Like, um, do you remember Samantha Fox, the musician? Oh yeah, um, she was page three. Some fun. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, I... I think that's how I think that's how she first like made her her name, and like a lot of UK models, they they come up and as as page three girls, and I think I think that's a thing they stopped doing. I don't know. Okay, because it's just like, oh, you can just be famous by showing your boobs on yeah. the paper. Like, boy, gents. Boy, gents, hear me boobs. Let's see. Page three. Wow, I did not know this. Yeah, I'm seeing if that's still a thing that they, they do. Wow. Dude, you are a learned man. I guess. Have you been to the UK? Well, I, I, did, I did spend a semester over in England uh, oh, back in the is. 90s. And I, I remember very distinctly like riding a train and... 
was it was it a guy who was like reading reading the paper and he was like looking at the page three girl or was he actually looking at a porn magazine? I can't remember, <laughs> but I just remember I was just like this man's just doing this right across from me. I mean, he wasn't you know doing it right across. He wasn't. He wasn't. Just, he was just looking at it, and it was just a total. Uh, it's just a total normal thing there. You know, they're they're wow. not uh, uptight about sex and nudity over in the UK. You know. Yeah, the line not, between not the way we are. The line, be- um, yeah, the line between uh, journalism and pornography is uh, it's very thin over there. Yeah, uh, uh, let's see. It says August 2013, the Irish edition of The Sun discontinued its topless page three feature, showing only clothed glamour models. What? Citing differences between British and Irish culture. In January 2015, after 44 years, the UK edition of The Sun also began showing only, only clothed models or celebrities, though would continue showing topless models on page3.com until March 2017. Mm. Cancel culture. Am I right? Uh, yeah. And I, <laughs> no. I wonder if that's just because of like evolving culture or just because of, you know, <laughs> the ubiquity of the internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's like, oh, yeah, we can see boobs anytime we want. Yeah. I've got boobs on me on me mobile. <laughs> exactly. Mobile. Yeah. I, I guess it, it's not the novelty. <laughs> Yeah. That it once was. Yeah, it, I guess a boob, uh, it's like, oh, boobs used to be so special. Now it's... <laughs> now it's <laughs> oh, oh, but anyway, okay. Uh, enough about that digression there. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. Whoa, what were we talking about? <laughs> well, it used to be a standard thing in the UK and, and not so much anymore. Wow, all right. Well, I did not know that. Thanks for letting me know about that, man. Well, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Well, wow. you, you've got some interesting Google searches ahead of you, I guess. Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, I do. Uh, yeah. Oh, we should talk about. Uh, have we talked about Coach Beard? Yeah, we haven't really talked about Coach Beard uh, much. He's he's the assistant coach. He he and Ted Lasso go back, and he's a real uh, tack turn kind of guy, you know. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I guess in my a, mind, a when I first is that is that how you say that word? I think so. Tacitern. I tried to say that word, so I sound smart, and I mispronounce it, so I sound <laughs> dumb. Like, you don't uh, say me... much. That's what I was trying to say. You don't talk so much. No. Uh, yeah, like their relationship is basically, it kind of reminded me of a Jay and Silent Bob a little bit. Where, because uh-huh. like, uh, Ted Lasso is very talkative and yeah. he, Coach Beard, like, we don't even know his first name. It's just Coach Beard. Yeah, that's um, true. And, and Brendan like, Hunt, who is also like a co-creator uh, and uh, on the show, he, uh, he, he was in the original shorts as well, so... Yes, yes, you, you, you see him. So, like, he's like he's like a very stoic person. He does talk mm-hmm. from time to time, but for the most part, he just kind of like will nod or yeah. just kind of just give you a stare. He says it's, a lot with very little. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious too. Yeah, like, there, there's something about that that I really dug. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought he was a great character, and like you can definitely see like the relationship or like the the chemistry between him and Lasso is like is real, just because the two people have known each other for a while now. So mm-hmm. that back and forth they have is like really like, oh, all right. It, it's like you, you can tell it's it's not put on. Like it's like, oh no, these two guys really like genuinely love each other. I've known each other forever. And they ha- they have a they have a good chemistry and stuff. Yeah, you totally buy them as old friends just with the ease with the which they relate to each other. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's pretty great. Like, um, I, I did, I, ne- I didn't know anything about this this guy. That's um, what was it? Uh, uh, Brendan Hunt. Like, I mm-hmm. he kind of reminded me of somebody I thought I've seen before, 
Mm-hmm. And like I looked it up. Yeah, he, he had like a small part in Where the Millers with Sudeikis. And he had a small part in Horrible Bosses 2 with Sudeikis. Um, but yeah, this is like kind of his first really big thing. I mean, he's written mm-hmm. and been in a few things here and there, but like nothing like, I guess, on this level. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of a breakout role for him. And he and he he really kills it. He does a great job with it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, what else we could talk about? I guess we talked about maybe Jamie Tart, uh, played by, uh, I think he said Phil Dunster, mm-hmm. who is like the young up and coming guy who he's very arrogant, very full of himself. He's like, he's by far the best player on the team. Um, and he knows it. Yeah, and he knows it. And, um, you know, and it is easy to kind of write him off as like, Again, this again the show does with their characters. It is easy to write them off as like, oh, the young, arrogant, hot, hot shot who's handsome and sleeps with all the women. And I mean, he is that. But then later on in the show, you realize, oh, he has he does have a little bit more to him, and he does have a little bit more layers to him. Yeah, and and you thought. you realize the reasons why he's that way. Yeah. So like, yeah, again, as, as the show does a good job of showing you why each character is the way they are. Right, which I which I greatly appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, let, me, let me think what else we could talk about about this. Um, I mean, well, I mean, as much as we're saying how much we like the show, there are a few things I thought weren't great. I guess you could say. Oh, okay. Um, well, let's hear this. I mean, th- there there were a few parts that were I thought were kind of cheap. I guess like cheesy a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was what like uh, if you remember the one episode, I think it's called For the Children. Where it's like a big benefit dinner. Yeah, they go to a charity yeah. event, and and it's a, like a big deal charity event, and it's it's a lot of pressure for Rebecca, the team owner, because this is the first time she's really been in charge of the event on her own. Right. Um, because usually her uh, ex husband Rupert, played by Anthony Head, usually mm-hmm. uh, headlines it. Um. So this is the first time you know he's not doing it. Right. But, um. It turns out. Well, I guess I could spoil this. I. It turns out he does show up saying, hey, everybody, it's me. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Just to sort of, I guess, you know, embarrass and twist the knife a little bit on his ex-wife, which I don't know. I, I Part of me thought like the way Rupert is, is he was kind of like um, a little cartoonishly evil mm, a little okay. bit. Yeah, I it's, it, yeah. He's definitely I mean, the guy who's easiest to hate on the show, I would say. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because like he's a guy where like everybody loves him because he's very charming and very quick and all that stuff. Uh, but you know, of course, behind the scenes, he's doing things that are a little bit underhanded and he's like being very, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a lot of passive aggressive, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm doing this to be, he, he's twisting the knife a lot of yeah. times. Um, which, and, and which he's is, also like, since he's left his wife, uh, Rebecca, he's gotten like a new younger model, literally a younger model also named right. Rebecca. So right. it was played by uh, a famous UK model, uh, Keely Hazel or Hazel. Yeah. 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 Keely Hazel. Or yeah. Hazel. Uh, Levy? Levy? Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like, but I thought it was weird. I was like, like, what, like, why is he kind of doing this? Like, why is he being so mean to her? Like, he cheated on her. Right. And now he's coming back to, like, be more of a dick. Like, I, I guess part of me thought, like, ah, that maybe they should have explored that a little bit more and, kind of giving him more of a backstory as to why he's being such a a-hole. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. And uh, so also, basically, what happened also um, in this big dinner, uh, Robbie Williams, who's a big deal in the UK, was supposed to show up and perform, uh, but he backs out at the last minute, leaving Rebecca kind of empty-handed. 
um, without a performer. So Ted Lasso runs out and gets this one-man band that, mm. that performed in the park. He's like a street performer. Yeah. yeah, some street performer. And like he, he brings him in. It's like, oh, no, we got this one-man band. He's, he's going to kill it. And uh, so, like, you know, without any other choice, they put him on, and he he plays, and he's good. Yeah. But I don't know. Part of me was like, he he's like apparently like the, everybody in the room is so impressed by him, like almost immediately, that like a, a like a like everybody just attacks the dance floor, and a big party breaks out, and everybody's like, yeah, one man band guy, and like everybody like he just it went over like a little, it went over a little bit too easily for me, I guess. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Like it just like he just like played one song, and everybody's like, yeah, this guy rocks. Mm-hmm. And it, like it turns out into like like a beer commercial where everybody just like gets down on a dance floor and, and boogie oogies. Okay, so that that moment didn't really work for you. Yeah, part of me was like, ah, that's a little bit too cheesy, but I'll I'll let it go because I, you know, the show is just so damn charming. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah, you really are rooting for most everybody on on the show. Uh, I was also really impressed in the fifth episode of the show. Um, Ted's wife and kid, his his wife and son, come and visit him in England, and we get an insight as to what his marriage is like, what the point is that they're in right now. And uh, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that his wife, uh, Michelle, is played by uh, Andrea Anders, who uh, I have pleasant memories of from uh, Better Off Ted, which is oh. a severely underrated show. I've heard, I mean, I'll... Yeah, that's a show that like I've heard so many people say you need to watch this show. ABC yeah. did it dirty, but like I I haven't gotten around to watch it. But like I've heard numerous people say, yeah, the show deserves way more than it got. Yeah, great, great show. Okay, I, I will show. watch. Yeah, it. definitely worth checking out. Um, I'm not sure where if Better Off Ted is available or streaming anywhere at the moment, but uh, I I would guess Hulu because it seems like a lot of ABC shows are on Hulu right now. But I could be yeah, wrong. it looks like it's on Hulu, Amazon Video on Demand, Microsoft Movies and TV, and iTunes. So right. uh, um, yeah, it's it goes back about uh, ten years, only two seasons, twenty six episodes, but well worth checking out. It's uh, Andre Anders, uh, Jay Harrington, uh, Portia de Rossi. Jonathan Slavin, Malcolm Barrett the Third, Slavin. Yep. Uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, I really like that episode too because again, we see some really dramatic acting coming from uh, Sudeikis in a few of the scenes he has with his wife. Because mm-hmm. I guess we could spoil this a little bit. Where, like, I mean, it's it's one of those things where there's a division between them. It's not that anybody did anything wrong. It's just like his wife is just kind of. You know, unfortunately, just falling out of love. They, they've with grown it. apart. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I mean, that's. I mean, that's that's and that that sucks. That's like the worst kind of breakup where no one does anything wrong. It's just, just feelings change. Yeah, and like that's 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 heartbreaking. So we see some scenes between her and uh, Sudeikis where she's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I I know, you know, I I need to." be better i'm trying real hard they're both trying but yeah yeah and, and like the and the fact that she says like she has to try to love him and make this relationship work kind of breaks uh ted lasso's heart he's in the say it, but you see it in his face so like, yeah oh, shit. yeah and like the way sudeikis kind of like uh emotes that emotion out of him and like shows like he's like him trying to keep it together for the sake of his son while at the same time hearing these words from his wife is like 
I don't know. It's it's I don't know. Sudeikis so really impressed me. It, it it's really good, and I mean, I think it, the show is also smart enough to realize that most people they don't really talk about what they're feeling. They talk around what they're feeling. Mm. You know, so it's not. You, you know, you kind of you kind of pick it up from from what they say or what they're not saying or or, or how those actions affect them. So it's it's really smart there. Yeah. Yeah, wow, no, that's, dude, that's beautiful, man. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. Well done. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that, that's, again, that was an amazing scene. Yeah. Um, another amazing, should I spoil, I don't know, if, I guess, I keep spoiling things, maybe I should. <laughs> well, can, can you talk about it without spoiling it, necessarily? There's, all right, yeah, there's one scene, second to last episode, uh-huh. and it's a big scene with, Rebecca and Lasso. Yeah. I think it's, okay. And they, they talk about a thing that's been going on with them for m- much of the season. Yes. That scene really impressed me. I thought like yeah. I almost, I almost teared up at that because of yeah, like but the acting between both actors and the, the way it resolved itself, I did not see coming. And I was yeah. Like, the response oh. is not exactly what you're expecting, but it still works for the characters and it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, I saw that scene. I was like, I think that was a scene where I was like, "All right, this this my this is my new favorite show now." Like, I yeah, like yeah. I need to see the second season immediately because, again, it was something I was not expecting. Uh, again, it touches on the themes of just empathy and kindness and just so many things that are missing from this world right now. Yeah, and like I don't know. Like after seeing that scene, I, like I I felt things. I felt feelings in my heart. I was like, "Whoa, this is this 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 really rocked me." And yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was just—it was an amazing. I mean, there, there's even a scene where they're on—they're at an away game, and they're—they're they're having their their team movie night, and they—and you see that they're all watching the Iron Giant, and at one point, like Ted gets a phone call, and he and and he has to leave, and he and he's like, uh, uh, Nate, uh, just keep an eye on everybody here because in about 47 minutes, uh, like everybody's going to be crying because because <laughs> they're watching the Iron Giant and. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but I remember it being pretty emotional. Oh yeah, Iron Giant. Yeah, it's amazing. If you if you want to if you want to cry. Wow. So yeah, so watch Better Off Ted and Iron Giant, people. And Iron Giant, yes, yes, absolutely. You got your homework. Yeah, and um, you know, and it also talks about just you know the 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 bonding thing that sports can be for people. Where, I mean, you see how passionate all these people are about the team like you know the people in the town are passionate about the team uh like the all, all the town folk they just kind of hate ted right from the word go and they just they just call him wanker because they think yeah. they know he doesn't have a clue about uk football and ted right. just takes it in stride and he's like all right yeah okay, okay all right. <laughs> he doesn't we'll hold it against I'm... any of them it's like, i'm gonna do my best see what y'all he, can do yeah there's and actually uh and it has a, that that thing that all the great sports movies have, where you know everybody's like pulling together and 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 being a team. And you know, even if you're not a sports fan, you can get caught up in that. You know? Yeah. Like, um, there's uh these three guys that are kind of go, they're kind of like a runner throughout the series, where there's these three diehard uh, AFC Richmond fans, and mm-hmm. they're always at this one uh, pub. Yes. You know, cheering on their team, even though the, their team is not great. And so once the team, once the uh, news broke that Lasso was going to be coaching them, of course their first thing is to call him a wink, a wanker. He doesn't know what he's doing. 
But like by the end of the series, Ted wins them over, and mm-hmm. like he's saying, "Oh yeah, he's he's an all right." Like that, I think at one point, um, like uh, they're watching the game at, from the pub on TV, and that's where Ted has his family, his, his wife and son there, and of course they're booing him, saying he doesn't know what he's doing because uh, threats. And in this one episode, Ted does something that's not very popular with the fans. I'll say that, mm-hmm. and of course everybody's booing him from the pub, and I think one of the one of the big fans was like, oh, but his family's so nice. And then, like, I think his buddy was like, damn it, Paul, don't humanize him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, lines like that got me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a fun show. It's it's not like a, a, like a joke a minute kind of sitcom, because it's more about the characters and their situations, but there's a lot of humanity in it. Yeah, I think, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people... Uh, you know, relate to and cling on to just the humanity, the empathy that throughout the show, it's a feel good show. It really is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it appeals to your better nature. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, maybe, and that's really a, a, the type of show that we need right now. I mean, it's, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, there's like so many other shows, they try to hype up all the conflict with characters to, you know, to 11. And, uh, sorry, I just knocked something over with my elbow. Um, <laughs> Um, conflict they, they they try to hype it up and and you know those shows can be great too there's certainly something for for that as well but there's also something to be said for shows like this where the characters they get along with each other and they enjoy spending time with each other and then you as a viewer enjoy spending time with them right i mean there were shows like uh the good place or mm-hmm. Shit's creek or uh what's the other show like you know parts and recreation like those field right. shows I, I mean i think that's the thing that that's the reason why I love the show so much. Like, Cause like, uh, I think I watched it a couple of months ago and I talked about it on an episode briefly. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's when we were, it, it wasn't briefly, but yes, you did talk about it. <laughs> okay. It wasn't I, John. <laughs> yeah. What is, what is time? Yeah, what that's is time? true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing that, that like the reason why I kept coming back because it made me feel empathy and warmth. And like, again, like I think we watched this, uh, we were in the middle of the pandemic uh, mm-hmm. You know, of course, the the election was still going on, and you know George Floyd and this pandemic, and there's yeah. just negativity everywhere. And like yeah. you know, you look online, and it's a, we, we kind of live in this world where just you know just being negative and cynical and hateful and spiteful is like the thing to do, and people get mm-hmm. rewarded for it. And it's just it's it's very it, it can definitely bring you down. Like my 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 spirits were you know, down in the dumps for a, a little bit just because this world is just such a dumpster fire. Yeah. And then watching it gets this, very draining. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Like for a while I just wasn't watching the news. I wasn't watching anything that could just, you know, bring me down just because I just felt so drained and just so depleted. I was like, I can't God, this world is just like I, I don't know what to do anymore. But then I'd watch the, I started watching this show just because I saw so many people talking about it and it it helped me. It helped me like kind of help me feel again. Like it it definitely it just put like a warmth in my heart. I was like, Oh yeah, this feels like empathy, kindness, just, you know, lending somebody a helping hand and yeah, be, being a decent person to people. That's like, that's, those are good things. Why aren't we doing more of that? That's like a yeah, beautiful yeah. thing. So, I don't know. I, that's, I really love the show. Yeah. It's, it's a really great show. And I mean, I, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I think that might hurt it is the fact that it's on Apple TV Mm-hmm. a yeah. little bit which is i don't know it's a i mean like just there's just because there's so many streaming services out there but like the th- the three streaming services that most people have 
are like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon, I'd say. Right. Everything yeah. else is not, you know, people are like, what is that? How do I download it? What do I, I can't find it. Like, and it's, and, it seems like. And Apple TV, it doesn't have a real, uh, a whole lot of selection yet. I mean, there's, there's this, there's the morning show and uh, like uh, a few other things like for all mankind, but it's still not a whole, whole lot. It doesn't have the same amount of content as like a Netflix or a Hulu at this point. Right. Like, uh, I mean, there's the, uh, what else is there? Uh, oh, a movie we talked about on the rocks with um, yeah, uh, Bill Murray and uh, a, mo- a show I'm starting to get into right now that I just watched the first episode, uh, Mythic Quest, just because I've heard good things about that. And I enjoy uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, so like I saw the first episode, I liked it. I think this might be the new show I watch. So uh, Mythic Quest, uh, Raven's Banquet, is, is good too. But um, anyway, I'm getting off topic as as we do. Uh, but yeah, like I think Ted Lasso is such a strong show that if it was on like a a more popular streaming service or just on network TV, I think it would be way bigger mm-hmm. than it yeah. is now. Like because I mean I would put because like if you think of other shows like um like Shit's Creek was on Pop Network. And it was out there for a while, but people really didn't know about it until it came onto Netflix. Like Dan Levy or Levy has has said that uh, Cobra Kai that was on YouTube Red and for a while, and no one knew about it until it came on Netflix and it blew up. Like right. I think if I think if like Ted Lasso was on like a more well known streaming service, like everybody would be talking about it. I, I think it's that strong. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the problem with entertainment these days. Is is is, is still very fractured entertainment landscape because like netflix was the company that really kind of cracked the whole streaming thing and then and we're still at the point where everybody else wants to get on board with that we got we got disney plus we got hulu we got apple tv we got i mean there's so many different uh, paramount plus which used to be cbs all access and uh disney plus now right yeah and you know we've had a few others that have like fallen by the wayside so like tubi yeah exactly and and so things are still kind of settling, uh, but I feel like I had a point here, but uh, <laughs> damned if I know what it was anymore. Uh, <laughs> guys, call in. Let us know what John's point was. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, it, it, it should be a bigger show than it is, but it, it's it's maybe a little bit overlooked just because not too many people have checked out Apple TV yet. But yeah, you can, I, you can uh, do like a, I think a sample month for it, and you can certainly check out the show inside of a month. Yeah, yeah. Like, hopefully, hopefully the word gets out more. Hopefully, maybe people check out the other stuff on Apple TV. And yeah, I don't know. Hope I don't know. Like, I think part of me hopes. Well, maybe it'll get picked up on Netflix and more people will see it. But also, yeah. I think the fact that something else I've noticed, like everybody is constantly using Apple products throughout this entire series. Like, anytime anybody uses a laptop or a phone, you you're you're sure to see that Apple logo. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's... You know, yeah, I I'm not so not surprising. I, I don't think I even really noticed it. <laughs> yeah, no. If you do a shot every time you see the Apple logo, you'll you'll be good and good and sloshed, as they say in the UK. Okay. I well, guess they say that. I don't know. A little fun drinking game <laughs> from you your friends at the SML <laughs> Show. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, yeah, I, I don't know. If, I, guys, spread the word about it. Check it out. Sign up for yeah. the... Uh, I mean, I'm uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the second season premiering in uh, July. Um, Bill Lawrence has said, I think, on the uh, the Scrubs podcast that the the show isn't going to continue on after season three, be, just because of mm-hmm. Jason Sudeikis's availability. 
but uh, they have a conclusion in mind. And and you know, I I don't mind if, if a show is has a shorter run if it's if it's all really good if it's consistently good. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's totally fine. I mean, some things weren't weren't built to last for three or four or five or whatever. See, it's sometimes yeah. if you have like a beginning and an end of a series, I respect that more than you just kind of drag out the series until like you run out of ideas and uh, yeah, and, the and then half the cast out. leaves and yeah, you know, and then then you're in like the later season of Happy Days, and nobody wants that. Yeah, no one wants to see Fonzie jump over a shark. No one wants no. that. No, no one, no one wants a time traveling Happy Days gang or whatever they did. Or maybe I think about the cartoon. That that was the cartoon. Yeah, and yeah, don't don't particularly want that either. Lord no, Lord no. That's, uh, do you remember the name of Fonzie's dog on that cartoon? Uh, <laughs> you do, Mister Cool. Jesus, <laughs> somebody had a deadline. <laughs> I I watched the the opening of that show uh, on YouTube not too long ago. That's the only reason I know that. Good lord! Oh boy, <laughs> there was this weird phenomenon in in like the the early eighties where they were like, "Hey, this show's popular. Let's make a cartoon of it." But then let's make the cartoon nothing like the show we're emulating. Yeah, <laughs> so and there was another... So they have to they have to time travel. Yeah. <laughs> We're and doing like Bert a... and Shirley, but they have to be in the army because Private Benjamin is a thing, and they're surfing with a pig. Uh... Yeah, and there was like a thing they did where every time they did something like that, uh, they had to have like a pet, like an anthropomorphized, yeah, kind of like a like a dog that could walk on its hind legs and and talk or something, right? Like, and like, did anybody know... ever like any of the pets? No, they were just there, I guess, for the kids. But the kids didn't like that. No, like, I mean, as a kid, I never, I never liked Gleek. I don't want to. I don't want to see Gleek. I want to see Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman on the Super Friends. Yeah, that just you know? threw it in there to be cute. I guess that everybody was like, "Oh, maybe you know." I guess I would say it would be like Snarf on the Thundercats, but this was before Snarf. Yeah, yeah. But but, but yeah, that's they did that, like example. Yeah, yeah, like on the Laverne and Shirley cartoon, they had like a, a pig. Yeah, with them like a, that would you know be like a, their sergeant or something. Uh, I remember on the Mork and Mindy cartoon, Mork had like a dog that he brought in from Orc. Like a poodle or something. I, I remember there was a Gilligan's Island cartoon, but they they changed it to Gilligan's Planet. Yeah, there was that. So that instead was... of being stranded on a desert island, which you could make a cartoon out of, a hundred percent, you could make a cartoon out of that. But no, they they had to have a twist on it, so they they were like, oh no, we built a spaceship to get off the desert island, and then we ended up stranded on a planet. How do we even do that? I don't. I don't know. We wanted to get off the island. And we ended up off the earth. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Sure. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. They, they, they uh, made they, things more complicated than they needed to when they were doing the cartoon shows in the 80s is what I'm they saying. Really, they really did. I'm trying to think of other. I'm sure there were other ones. I'm sure they did like a cartoon about Welcome Back Cotter or something. But yeah, yeah it was but... it was odd. Uh, My Favorite Martian, they did that. I remember that. Did they did they have a My Favorite Martian cartoon? I'm pretty sure they did. I remember Wow. because like I used to watch the thing like the Groovy Ghoulies like comedy hour, cartoon right. hour or something like that. They made cartoons about like every freaking thing in the eighties. There was a Rubik's the Amazing Cube cartoon. Yeah, I remember that. Rubik, he's our pal. Yeah. Like uh, Menudo Brewster, had a show for some reason. Menudo, I remember Punky Brewster had a cartoon. Yeah. Uh yeah, it was uh it's a 
yeah, a lot of people had a lot of deadlines. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And they always assumed like, oh, yeah, no, we want to see the little cute animal in there. It's like, like, no, nobody wants the Scrappy-Doo. Yeah. Nobody wants no... that. They always thought we wanted it. We never did. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know who put that in people's minds. Like, oh, no, the kids like uh, wisecracking dogs and cats and pigs. I mean, was there like <laughs> one kid in one focus group who was just like, yes, I like, I like me the Scrappy-Doo. Give me more of that, please. Oh, and I, yeah, I, I guess don't so, like, oh, I don't know kid. how that happens. I don't know. Oh, I remember, I think they did a cartoon from the Dukes of Hazards too. I think they did. I did, uh, what animal did they have on that? that? See, that seems like a show you'd have a pig on. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure everybody in the South just walks around with a pet pig. You know. Sure, sure, especially yeah, yeah. with your bootlegging. Oh um, boy, that's right. <laughs> what were we talking about? Holy moly! I don't know. Well, if they okay, let's bring it back on topic. If they were doing a cartoon show of Ted Lasso, mm. what what extraneous animal would we put on the Ted Lasso cartoon? Hmm. Interesting. All right. So should we, have, should we have a little pig kicking around a soccer ball. That would I be mean, adorable. You, now that I think of it, that would be lovely. I mean, hedgehog, a porcupine. Mm, I mean, it would be. It would be like a. It would have to be like an animal uh, indigenous to the UK, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, you're probably right. I mean, if it was in Australia, it would be a kangaroo. Sure. Yeah. But uh, what do we? What's in the UK that animals? Maybe a that are exclusive to the UK. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe like a rabbit with a British accent or something? Sure. Let's just say the rabbit. Like, like hello. <laughs> hello, hello. A rabbit with like a top hat and a monocle to make him extra oh. British. Oh, I'm a British rabbit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a, I apologize. English bulldog? There, bulldog, that's it. There we like go. The British, like the British bulldog. There it is. Yeah, Boom. There we go. I, that would, you make fun, but that would actually work. It worked on the Mr. Waddling Mr. around the field with his little short... Short legs. It worked on the Mr. T cartoon. It could it work. It did. Out. It did. The, the, the dog had a mohawk on the Mr. T cartoon. D- that was that was insane. <laughs> like, we had a bulldog with a mohawk. He might have even had the necklaces too. I can't remember. And they also had a little kid who wore like the the cutoff jean vest. And yeah, and Mr. T was like leading a team of gymnasts around the the country. Yeah, like, <laughs> like as Mr. T did. <laughs> Mr. T with a bunch of gymnasts traveling around the country solving crime. Yep, yep. Somebody was like, "I'm si- greenlit. Let's sign off well, on this." What did Hulk Hogan do on his cartoon? I know, I know, he had a cartoon. Did he solve crimes on his show? Uh, might have. You know, probably blamed it on the black guy. But I don't, I don't know what he said. <laughs> Oh, it's funny because Hulk Hogan's racist. <laughs> I was debating whether I should say that, and I was like, eh, just say it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. Well, believe me, the, the best possible thing that could happen to this podcast is if Hulk Hogan got mad at us and started going after us in the media. <laughs> Cease and desist, brother. <laughs> come at us, Hulkster. <laughs> yeah, come on. Get your... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not afraid of him. I don't even remember what happened on his cartoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I'm not afraid of him. His cartoon was terrible. Like, all right. I'm assuming. I don't know. I saw ads for the cartoon. I have no idea what what his cartoon entailed. Uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. That's what I'm looking up here. But yeah. Oh well, I take it all back. I don't fear you know any what? man. I just it. remembered Richard Pryor had a show, a Saturday morning show called Oh Pryor's yeah. Place. Uh, yes, I remember that. It was like a live action type of thing. Pryor's Place. Yeah. I get. I uh, guess because of Bill Cosby and Fat Albert or something. Yeah, but I think this was like more serious too. It wasn't oh, as okay. like I mean it was they had jokes here and there, but then sometimes sometimes it was a very special episode. And this was like after the freebasing incident, right? Uh yeah yeah, I think this I think it was like in the nineties, right? See, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> You think it should be during the freebasing? <laughs> well no, not during. But it's just that's not the order that you would expect that to happen, you know? Oh, wait, no. It actually wasn't in uh, 1984. 1984. Okay, yeah. Oh, wow. All right. I thought it was... Wow, yes. So it's, it's it's Richard Pryor kind of on, on the downward slide. It's like, you know, the toy Superman 3 Richard Pryor. Yeah, first episode, September 22nd, 1984. Final episode, December 8th, 1984. <laughs> <laughs> so a wild success, that one. It was a wild ride. A wild ride. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Okay, well, uh, anyway, they, they made a lot of weird cartoons in the 80s, you guys. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Ted Lasso, anyway. <laughs> so don't watch any of those. Watch watch Ted Lasso. Yeah. Also, another thing I liked about the Ted Lasso, I'll yeah. say real quick before we wrap up, uh, the theme song. I really dig the theme song. And you know you know who was involved with the theme song? Mumford. Ooh, Mr. Carey Mulligan? Yes. Yeah. Like, I like, like that guy. He's, he's got it going on, man. He's a good bloke. Him and the sons. Yeah. Like, I, when I first heard it, it kind of sounded like maybe something from, like, a Tom Petty type of vibe it had. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I thought maybe it was, like, some American, you know, some American rocker. And turns out it's Mr. Mumford over here. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it's a good tune there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, overall, um, I really like Ted Lasso. I'm, it's not a perfect show. You know, I mean, so, uh, but I would say, you know, it's, you know, it's the first season. No, the first season, the first season of any show isn't perfect, but like this show has a lot of heart mm-hmm. and just really, it touches on things that like I haven't seen in a lot of shows in a while. Just, you know, like I yeah. said before, like empathy, kindness, just being a good person to people, just turning the other cheek. Like, yeah. Just, and, and it, and, and you may, they made an interesting show out of all of that stuff. I mean, it's not necessarily, you wouldn't think it's like cinematic or very dramatic, but no, they, they made it work, man. Yeah, just, you know, just the themes of forgiveness and love. And like, again, like I said, even if you don't follow football or soccer, you know, like I, yeah, I, mean, I don't. Neither one of us are sports fans. So, yeah. But it, either way, I think you'll love it because it's not really about soccer or football. It's about. No, human... I mean, there's there's very few episodes where like the 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 result of the latest match is all that relevant. There's maybe right. three episodes out of the 10. Right. No, absolutely. So yeah, it's not really about football. It's just about people. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, I, I can't recommend this show highly enough. I really, I really dug it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's uh, second season uh, premiere in July 23rd, 2021. So we got, you got time to uh, catch up on the first season and uh, yeah, check it out and let us know what you thought of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we also put out on on the Twittergram uh, mm-hmm. that we were doing this. I mean, let me see if we some people said anything. I think if 
We had, we had a little a, response. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we got a tweet or two. We did. Uh, I know Nick Store had something to say. Uh, uh, not that I'm okay. seeing that right now. Uh, into the all the uh, Elon Musk oh, stuff. Yeah, that uh, that really. Oh boy. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, my uh, old uh, my my uh, college roommate uh, uh, Scott Hume says I love this show so much and thrilled that season two is coming soon. I will be curious to hear your thoughts since you both talk often about how you are not sports ball fans. Yes, um, you don't. Yeah, but, but we're not. But you know, I, I can still in, enjoy a good sports movie. I mean, you know. You yeah. show me Rudy, I'm, I'm going to be bawling at the end like any carbon-based form of life. God damn straight. I love A League of Their Own. How about yeah, that? Yeah, A League of Their Own. I mean, yeah. that was that was shot in Evansville, Indiana, the, the town where Scott and I went to college. Nice. We, we both passed up a chance to be uh, extras in that movie. What? You could have been an extra in A League of Their Own? Uh, we, we could have been. We could have been. We were, we were both uh, tired and hungover. That's fair. So <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't do it. And also, you know... It, it was 1990. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> exactly. That line I mean, still makes me smile. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, what a hitter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Nick Storch tweeted us saying, here's my thoughts on Ted Lasso. You think that episode one is a little corny. By the end of episode three, you realize they got you. It was a yeah. long con over three episodes, and now you're hooked. Sure, it's funny, but it's not the comedy that makes it a winning show. It's the heart. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I only disagree in that I was hooked by the end of episode two, but, mm. uh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. And, uh, of course our good friend, Nettie Bupacar says, Ted Lasso is the best. I can't wait for season two to come out as to Elon, a whole bunch of meh. Yeah. And, uh, our friend, uh, Manette Moratti says, I'm just hoping that the wholesomeness of talking about Ted Lasso overpowers the stink that comes from discussing who's hosting. And, uh, yeah, uh, I hope we pulled that off. Yes, I think uh, us talking about Ted Lasso and uh, 80s cartoons and me uh, besmirching the good name of Hulk Hogan yeah. acted as a Febreze to the uh, bench <laughs> of Elon Musk. Yes, yes. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's our episode, guys. Thanks again uh, so much for listening, as always. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, SNL Nerds Show mm-hmm. on, the tw- on the tweeters. Tweet at us, and uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SNL Nerd. No, wait, no, I already said that. What was wrong with me? Well, you can, I mean, you can follow him on SNL Nerd Show, but you can also follow him at Darren Credible. Hey, that's D A R A Incredible. Yeah, yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter at Trumbull Comic. That's T R U M B U L L and the word comic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, as always, follow us, tweet at us, spread the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a review for Pete's sake. Yeah, that's our episode. And uh, next week, where uh, SNL is off again, mm-hmm. so I uh, think we, we another to... blissfully Elon Musk free week. Yes, until uh, just waiting for that big Elon Musk storm to come. This is the calm yeah. before the storm. Mm-hmm. Calm before the Musk. Uh, so, should we let them know what we're going to do, or are we still? Uh, sure, go for it. Uh, yeah. Well, in um. What we talked about it, and we thought, well, in in uh, the for to sort of talk about talk about no. Since the the passing of Ann Beats, we thought, well, let's do something Ann Beats related. You know, mm-hmm. pay, pay pay some respect to this this pioneer of uh, SNL writing, and we're going to talk about her uh, TV show from the eighties, Square Pegs. 
Yeah, I haven't watched the show since I was a kid, so this is going to be interesting to revisit. Yeah, uh, so this show isn't streaming anywhere, so it's going to be a little tricky to find, but it is out on DVD. So if you want to, you know, maybe if you want to go out and, you know, rent it from your local uh, video store or Mm -hmm. library, as the kids do, you can find it there or maybe, you know, find a bootleg version online or something. But uh, yeah, either way, we're going to talk about Square Pegs. a TV show that has a young Sarah Jessica Parker and um, written by and created by uh, Ann Beats. Yeah, it's gonna gonna be interesting to check out. Yeah, this is this it's should be interesting. The, uh, the freaks and geeks of its day. Yeah, this should be uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I I don't remember much about it. Uh, it only aired one season from 1982 to 1983. Um, this uh, this should be interesting. I, I look forward to this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's our show, guys. Thanks again for listening, as always. Um, John, any 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 last words? Any any, any anything you want to say to the good people as we wrap up? I, I, I think a bulldog uh, really needs to be introduced in season two of Ted Lasso. Okay. And on that note, guys, thanks again so much for listening. Uh, football is life, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. And until then, nerds out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.